Good morning, church family and all our friends on the web. Just want to say to you right away, we love you. The reason why everyone is so involved in expressing the message of the day is because we really believe in you and who you are and the call of God that's upon your life. I want to remind you of, of your tithe and offering uh, to continue in believing God. If you're struggling financially, uh, tell the Lord, I believe in you. I believe what you said. Do not go by what your emotions are wanting to tell you, to drag you away from the principles of the Word of God. And allow the Lord to just touch your life. And, and I'm not saying this in an uncaring way. I, I just want to tell you, I know I've been there. I've seen it in my own life. And I've experienced God turn things around because I stayed steadfast in the faith, in the way and the area of giving. You can go online and give. You can mail it in and uh, just allow God to touch your life. We're concluding this series on our hiding place. But in this last message, I, I really sense um, a very unique way of explanation the Holy Spirit has given me. And I want you to, to be able to watch this over and over and listen to it on the podcast over and over because there's something very unique God will do after we reopen the second time. Remember, the second closure was a full-on attack of the enemy to bring depression and frustration and, and anger in the home. And, and I know some of you have experienced because you've called me and said, yeah, we, we faced that. We, we didn't know where that came from. Well, we know where it comes from. It comes from the enemy because he hates your home. But God loves your home. And you have planted such great seed Allow the Lord to just review it in your own heart and to bring you into that place of knowing that even though there's some struggles going on, you win. This second reopening is going to be a charged, anointed time of harvest, a great time where God is going to bless you in such a unique way. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about revelation knowledge of who God is, who you are, who your friends, your brothers, your sisters are in church, and to really express in your own spirit how valuable your home has been during this time. And it really is a privilege to be in your homes this way, to be able to encourage you to be everything that God has called you to be. I've been preaching on a series that God is our hiding place. He is our refuge and a safe place. God is who we go to when we need strength. So I proclaim in Jesus' name, as you return your tithe, as you give offering, as you bless your neighbor, that God will just absolutely explode his plan and his purposes in your life. Today, what we will experience is an amazing truth that so many miss regarding this hiding place and coming out of the hiding place, spending time with Jesus is what it shows us and encourages us to do with one another or shall we call it our families or the church. 
This last message is called The Refuge of Relationship. The Refuge of Relationship. Now, I've given you a lot of notes, as you can download those notes, but write down what God speaks to you. What the Lord, the Holy Spirit's going to do is speak through me, and he's going to encourage or charge something that he's been saying to you. He's going to bring it out. He's going to explain it. You're going to be able to write it down and make it plain. And so write down what God says to you. Yeah, you're going to follow my notes. You're going to you're going to write the words that are uh, there, and, but just really hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Remember, we were created to need this hiding place or this refuge. But every day, Satan comes and he offers you false refuge. Every refuge other than God is not an answer because we must always remember that God is our refuge. See, if you go to food, alcohol, money, it becomes part of the problem and not part of the plan that God and the purpose that God has for your life. Let me say it this way. All false hiding places or refuges promise you safety. It promises you things. It promises you happiness. It promises you peace. But in essence, if they're false... They're not of God. It gives you bondage. It puts you in bondage to things that hold you back from the fullness of what God has for you. Remember the book of Numbers. We talked about the six cities of refuge. But in the book of Joshua, chapter 20, it speaks of these hiding places too. So let's read out of Joshua, chapter 20. And we're going to look at verse 1. The Lord also spoke to Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for yourselves cities of refuge, hiding places, of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the slayer who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. Notice verse 3 It says the word they. Hold that in your your thinking. Verse 4. And when he flees to one of those cities and stands at the entrance of the gate of the city and declares his case in the hearing of the elders of the city, they shall take him in the city as one of them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. Then if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not deliver the slayer into his hand because he struck his neighbor unintentionally, but did not hate him beforehand. And he shall dwell in that city till he stands, listen to this, before the congregation for judgment and until the death of the one who is high priest in those days. Then the slayer may return and come to his own city and his own house to the city from which he fled. Verse 7 and 8 tells you the names of those cities. They're hard to pronounce, so we're going to skip down to verse 9. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger who dwelt among them, that whoever killed a person accidentally might flee there and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood till he stood before the congregation. So remember the word they? All six cities 
had nothing physical to protect anyone. They didn't have an army that would stand on the border and protect it. But the word they refers, as we read, to the elders and the congregation. The congregation, not the the, uh, attendees or not those that are, are living there. The congregation, the ones that are involved in the city. So God is our hiding place. Listen to this. God is our hiding place, our refuge, but the refuge in relationship with God's people protect us. See, what we're finding in the hiding place, the hiding place is is being with God, relating with God. But when you come out of relating with God, then you understand and you have a heart and you have a love for God's people. And then you relate with God's people. The struggle that many believers have is they don't know how to relate to one another. They don't know how to be with one another. Being with one another is what protects you. If you want real protection, get involved in the congregation. The wolf catches a sheep that periodically attends, not those who are faithful. See, a hiding place is not a thing. It was found with God in relationship. Being born again, growing in the Lord, being discipled of the Lord, knowing who he is, knowing his names, knowing his character. Then you come out of that, and a refuge is not a thing. Excuse me. It is found in relationship with others. Go to Matthew 22, and let's read this. This is a familiar scripture, and it shows us the greatest commandment. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. So while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the the Christ, whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to the Lord, to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word. Not from that day on did anyone dare question him anymore. So let's just look just real quickly. Let me give you this caveat. The law was the first books, five books of the Bible. And the rest of the books written of that day was called the Old Testament. See, the New Testament was not written yet. So the second commandments hang all the law and the, and the prophets. All the, the two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. These two commandments, the whole Bible is hung on. Saying it another way. So what are they? Love God, hiding place, 
come out of that hiding place, the time with God, knowing God, love your neighbor. It's not talking about your next door neighbor. It's talking about those that believe what you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let me say it a different way so you understand it. The two commandments are your relationship with God and your relationship with each other. You can't make it on this earth without relationships. You cannot. You cannot grow. You cannot become everything God's called you to be unless you have those two things. Relationship with God, spending time with God, being discipled of God, going to OSL. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, an advertisement. Going to the women's ministry, men's ministry, all the different things that we do. And then when you come to church, as many may do, and they don't get involved in the small groups, in the OSL, in the women's ministries, in all the different Bible studies and the men's journaling, you are missing 50% of church. God works through God's people. I'll say it again. God works through God's people. Here's the problem. Satan wants to replace those relationships or substitute with things that cannot do so, that cannot relate with you, that cannot carry the the principles of the hiding place. The only one that can carry the principles of the hiding place are God's people who've been with God. So, let's talk about wrong replacements, okay? So here are wrong replacements of the two. Satan wants to replace relationships with things. Adam and Eve were living in paradise, and Satan comes and says, see that piece of fruit on that tree? It will make you happy. It will fulfill all your dreams. Now think about this, church. Think about this, folks. They are in a perfect society. No sin. They have never been abused by their parents. They have perfect relationship with God and with each other. Satan says that thing can replace your relationship with God and with each other. That thing can replace the two that everything is hung on. So they gave up paradise for a thing. When Adam and Eve sinned, they lost their relationship with God and each other. Before sin, they were best friends. And after sin, they had hatred between one another. Or the worst kind of hatred called enmity. Some say, well, that was dumb. You know, like the movie, stupid is a stupid does. We do it all the time. We always uh, look at things and we try to look for something better. Some give their, up their relationship with God for a bigger house. God wanted us to have two things, a relationship with him and a relationship with each other. Now, let me just stop here and just say something very, very particular to you. God would be happy for you to have a bigger house. 
God wants you to prosper. God wants you to be happily married. God wants you to have the greatest job. That's the heart of God. But when that goes before relationship with him and relationship with others, then you move yourself into the place where you lose. Adam and Eve were not created because they needed them. Rather, he created Adam and Eve because he wanted them. I want to be in a lifestyle of wanted. I don't want to be in a lifestyle of needed. And there are a lot of people wanting to be needed when they need to dive into relationships. And because they are so anointed and called of God and gifted of God, that they will always be wanted. But most people are living in a lifestyle of wanting to be needed because they don't spend time in relationship with God or with one another. God doesn't need you. He wants you because he knows how he created you. Hey, next time you need to talk uh, about something, go into your closet and talk to the wall about your troubles. See what your wall tells you. It can tell you nothing. That's what happens. We get in trouble and we have a wall to talk to. Things can't replace relationships. That's why the enemy has tried to rip us apart and to shut down the church. He's not going to do that, church. For all that are listening, even if you don't know Jesus Christ, God wants his sons and daughters and the church will reopen. Here's the second wrong thing. Isolation. Ever hear of this saying? There is strength in solitude. That's a lie. Because the Bible says there is only strength in unity. You can't have unity unless you relate. Some say, I just need to get alone. No, you need to get alone with God. You also need to be with God's people. See, Satan's picture of success is by having a person in his house all alone with his doors shut saying, I can't be with anyone. I'm just so tired. I can't be vulnerable now. I can't have people around me. Loneliness is not of God. In Acts chapter 2, last week we talked about this. Watch what God does after Jesus paid for sin and then sent the Holy Spirit. Immediately, look what man began to do. Verse 42. Acts 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Wow. Many wonders were done. Miracles took place. See, we will have their pattern at Valley Community Church. They met twice a week. They met in church. Then they met from house to house. It's called relationship with God and relationship with God's people. Are you seeing the pattern? Are you seeing 
what, what God does, what he has created? Verse 44, now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods, divided them all among them as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So the early church, watch this, was so focused on God's heart and God's plan that God applauded from heaven. Then he poured out his power, his spirit on all flesh. See, the weekend morning services are only half of church. It is the church, the people relating with one another, small groups, you name it, that's where the power begins to move in the body of Christ. That's when the world is changed and that's when people are added to the church daily is when we get to the place where we want to relate with God and relate with people and loneliness is not the key of life. Here's the third wrong replacement. Unrighteous relationships. We are supposed to have relationships with God and God's people. See, bad company corrupts good morals. 1 Corinthians 5 says, if you have a friend who has sin problems, don't even sit down and have dinner with him. Now, why did God say it this way? The answer is, you are telling the guy his behavior is okay with you. When this guy is going out and doing all that he's doing and you hang out with him, well, I'm just trying to be a friend. No, you're telling him his lifestyle's okay. Oh, but pastor, you know, in my life of Christianity, I've been taught you're to love people. You've been taught well. But you need to understand there's a principle in that. See, I won't get in relationship with people because bad morals will rub off on me, no matter how good I am. So listen to this statement. Don't, don't run from the screen. Don't shut this off, because you got to hear it. That's why there are a lot of believers that jump from place to place, from job to job, from spouse to spouse, because they're not happy, because they haven't related to God and related to one another in a proper way. I or we are not better than anyone else. And for sure, let me just tell you, many of you know me a long time, you already know, I'm not perfect. We need to encourage one another to stop the stuff. I care enough about you that if you're headed for a cliff, I'm going to tell you about the cliff. A friend that won't confront you of sin is not a friend. He's an accomplice. It takes more guts to love people and to be honest with them. See, protection and refuge is found in the elders and the congregation. So remember this. No one is perfect, but everyone is pointed in a direction. So I can't find perfect friends 
and the friends that I am to choose are pointed towards Jesus. Not pointed the other way. Sure, they need to do a 180. They need to be pointed to Jesus. But you don't point them to Jesus by being like them. They come to Jesus by seeing who you are. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14 says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. When they say, let's go to the bar, you say, no thanks, let's go to church. We bring them into our group. Here's the fourth wrong replacement. Religion. Okay, you're going to have to hang on to something. Hang on to that armchair because I'm going to say some really strong things. Religion is wrong and was invented by man. Relationship was invented by God. Jesus didn't come to develop religion, but he came to develop relationship with you because he wanted you. Religion just makes you feel better about your sin, but doesn't make you change. You remember those days? You'd jump out of the car, you'd run into service, run out of service and go get drunk. See, religion... You worship beads, you worship gold crosses, you worship fish. There's no power in any of those. It's relationship that is a reality, not religion. It is relationship with elders and with the congregation. And when I talk about elders, I'm talking about people who love Jesus, who are strong in the lifestyle with Jesus. And it's those people that have brought you protection. It's a relationship. That's why the enemy has tried to keep us apart. It's not going to be long, church. Not going to be long, friends. We're going to come back together. Here's the fifth problem. A wrong concept of relationships. You know, I... I grew up in a, in a wonderful church, but I'm going to be straight with you. I grew up in a church where everybody was old. Everyone was boring, and you couldn't have fun. You couldn't, you couldn't have a bowling league because they had a bar on the corner of the bowling alley. You couldn't do this, you couldn't do that, you couldn't do this. So, hurts from the past, misconceptions of relationships, church was based on past experiences. I grew up in a church where everybody told you to be quiet, not just your parents either. I grew up in a church that you got discipline because you breathed. So you know what I did? I got older. I found a God that treated me well. And you know what my God was? Sports. It told me I was good. It told me I could do what I do because I do it well. See, lost people don't make good friends. Godly people make great friends. 
But we have to get to a place where we learn to have fun. And at Valley, we do have fun. And we're going to have more fun. But we have fun, why? Because we go to the, the hiding place. And we spend time with one another. Our importance of being with one another, fellowshipping, being in small groups is so powerful. Here's the last one. Busyness. What's keeping you so busy? Remember Mary and Martha? Mary had the gift of sitting. Martha had the gift of serving. Now, remember who got rebuked in the story? Martha, who's busy doing everything. Yes, we need to serve, but we need to sit and listen to Jesus like Mary did. I want you to realize, and we will close with this thought. God was in Martha's home. She was so busy, she didn't even listen to God. See, because to her, that wasn't important. She was busy. Busy means we cut out the wrong thing in our life. <clears throat> we get involved in so many things because, oh, it's important for our children, for, for our marriage, for everything. And we miss out on what God set up to connect the perfectness of relationship. Now, we need to have fun. We need to have vacation. We need the Sabbath. We need to play sports. I love sports. But I'll tell you what, there's nothing more important than the hiding place because you spend time with God, that secret place. Because when you come out of there, you will come out of there whole, fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters, loving church, loving small group. You must develop a relationship with God and people. But we cut out God's people because we're too busy. Pastor Dan is going to come up and share with you for a moment. But I want to say this. I love being with you. I miss you. I can't stand it when I, I get a text message or a phone call or I see someone and I see you for a moment and then with we're trying to be right, trying to do the right thing and we're doing the elbow, you know, bump and, and different things. I just miss loving my brothers and sisters. And I want you to begin to acknowledge that in your own spirit because that's the way God created you and me, to love him and to love one another. That's the key. That's the reason for the hiding place. May God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Gary. It was an awesome message. I would like to encourage you, if you have not yet uh, downloaded the notes from our website, that you would go ahead and download those and, uh, you know, with the 
recorded message. You can go back over it, but I would encourage you to get a hold of the notes and look up some of the scriptures and then go over the message again with the notes and uh, prayerfully just chew on that and meditate upon it, you know, for the next week or so and see what the Lord impacts your life with and how he will bring you into a greater depth of knowing him in the hiding place. If you're watching today and you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, well, you can't say, I don't know if, I've, if I'm saved. I want to know this God. We want to give you an opportunity to do that. I was thinking about uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, there was a man who cried out to him, and it's recorded in Acts 16, 30, and 31, cried out to him and said, what must I do to be saved? And he responded back, says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And he also wrote in the book of Romans, he said that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's so easy to receive the Lord. I think sometimes in looking back on church history, I think we've made it too difficult for people. It's really quite simple. It's believing that Jesus is Lord. It's believing that he is God, believing that he came to the earth and went to the cross in our place, that he took our sin upon himself. He paid the price for us so that we could enjoy his righteous life and we can become justified. Uh, And I love that word justified. If If you kind of break it down, it means just if I'd never sinned. And that's what the Lord wants to do for us. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And when we call out to the Lord and just say, Jesus, I want to be saved. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. Jesus, I've made a mess of my life. I need you. Come and take take hold of my life and help me every day, every walk, every day of this walk. And you know what? You can be assured that he will do that. And you can just call it to make yourself so real to me, Lord. If you have a desire for that, let me pray for you today. Father, we thank you for those that are watching that have a desire to know you. Lord, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you, Lord, as they call out on you and they say, Jesus, come into my heart, that you do exactly that. And Lord, that you will begin to help them every step of the way of their life. And like I said, I ask you to fill them fresh and new with your spirit. Father, I thank you, Lord, for uh, the Holy Spirit living in them and with them, guiding them through this life, through all the pitfalls of life, and helping them along their way. Lord, bring mentors, bring people uh, into their lives that will help them and be encouragers and mentors to them. And Lord, we thank you for your blessing upon them. If they need healing, we thank you for healing in their lives now. Father, we thank you for all those who are watching. Lord, as they, as we close the services out today, we thank you, Lord, uh, that you live big in them and in their families. And Lord, we thank you for your protection in every way. And Lord, we thank you, Lord for bringing us back together next week. God bless you. We love you. Have an amazing week in experiencing God's blessing in his presence. Amen.